Hello and welcome to Philly Sports Fans, the podcast where we talk about your Philadelphia Eagles and the most current topics surrounding the team. Also, we take deep dives into the long, rich history of the National Football League. We are here to provide you with in-depth analysis, comments, and debates on your favorite team. I'm your host, Matthew. And I'm your co-host and producer, Evan. Well, the the Eagles somehow managed to not live up to the expectations that were zero last game. How they did that, I don't know. It still baffles me. Yeah, there was a lot of, you know, bad bad play, bad coaching, bad uh, play calling, just bad. It was all bad. It it was a terrible game. Now, the Browns didn't play a great game. The Browns played a game. I mean, it was kind of average for them, uh, but the Eagles just managed to self-destruct. Um, so the only time, the last time the Eagles uh, had more of a 50% chance, uh, had, were favored to win, was uh, 10 minutes into the game. And the Browns, that was the last time the Eagles were favored to win the game. Yep, that, that sounds about right. It was, uh, it, it was Browns basically the, the whole way. You know, the last time I had fun watching football was in 2017. I've been sending you some clips of... Carson Wentz during his what oh. should have been MVP season. It's so sad looking at the Eagles' record during that time and seeing Carson Wentz make these spectacular plays. Mm, I, I was watching. There, there was a highlight of him against the Bears. It's just absolutely. He he just spun out of a blitz. It's insane how he pulls like these like Deshaun Watson, but somehow better. Patrick Mahomes, I think you're well, trying to say. Deshaun Watson is the best sack evader in the NFL. Uh, Lamar Jackson, Evan. Not Lamar no. Jackson, Evan. No. I think, Deshaun, Murray? I think Deshaun Watson is the best at debating sex. But, so Carson Wentz, uh, um, I mean, I, I guess it does give us a little bit of hope because we know that he has the talent to be able to do that. We just see if we can get that old Carson back. I blame it on uh, Russ Taylor, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. I, I miss old Carson. All right. So, let's get right into it with Matthew's weekly rant. Uh, I've got one minute on the clock, and so Evan, he is—he has a timer up for exactly one minute. So he's gonna tell me to start. I'm gonna—I'm gonna step away from the microphone. So if I get a little bit softer, now I, I apologize. But oh, don't worry, he won't get softer. No, wait, now. But all right, yeah. Once I get so, into the rant. So one minute on the clock. Oh, and, and by the way, this is—I haven't thought about. Well, I mean, I've thought about the topic. I'm yes, this about. is unscripted. This is just pure rage. Mm-hmm. Three, two. One, and your time starts now. What in the world is Doug Peterson doing? He has full authority over who should play and who shouldn't play. So if he has that, why in the world is Jason Peters playing? He can't guard anyone. It was terrible. He allowed three sacks and a safety in a game. Then he gets hurt, shocker, and Jordan Mailata comes in. And he does perfectly fine. He doesn't allow a single pressure. I don't see what Doug Peterson sees in Jason Peters. Like, he's a Hall of Famer, but not now. He's playing at, like, a third-string left tackle level, which is what he should be. And it's terrible because, uh, I mean, he should be playing guard. I don't know. They're struggling at guard. But And so Peterson also said that Peters is going to be playing on Monday. He's, he's going to be the starter. I don't understand it. After watching the tape of that game, how can you not put Jordan Mailata in, who's oozing with limitless potential in the And game stop. Set. Okay. All right. Ooh, that got pretty heated there. I'm going to take a quick yes, sip of water. Somehow the Eagles managed to lose 
to uh, Baker Mayfield, who didn't throw a single touchdown pass. Well, without Odell Beckham Jr., is he really supposed to play well? They have to lean on I mean, their, he, he made some great plays, though. They have to lean on their overrated rushing attack. Overrated? Really? I think it's overrated, actually. I, look at, just watch that Kareem Hunt play where he, where he basically floated over the Eagles' defense. Well, that came after the refs completely and messed Chubb up and, and, and said that Baker, that Baker Mayfield was – his forward progress was stopped. No. No. It was a fumble. I mean, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, that was what pretty clear. That was a fumble. Was uh, a and Nick Chubb went for over five a carry again. Again. Well, that was solely because of that one play where the Eagles forgot how to tackle. Yes. And yeah, Nick, Nick Chubb, Chubb, kind of Nick Chubb is amazing, though. Nick Chubb is talented. I think a little overrated. At, Kareem Hunt is definitely overrated. But he he gets too much love for a guy who's not as great anymore. He he's nowhere near. Yeah, honestly, he where just, he he's nowhere near. I mean, he's really not a running back anymore. He should just be converted to kicker. Oh wow, wow that that was okay. Moving on from that, let's hope he isn't listening. <laughs> Moving on from that, I feel like we have to address the. Carson Wentz being benched thing. And, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's every week. Well, it's gonna Why be, is this still a debate? It, it, it's not. It's not. It's going to be every week for the next. Until Carson Wentz returns to 2017 form. Which, I mean, personally, I don't think he's ever going to return to that form. I don't. I think that when Unless we get, you know, uh, Dan Orlovsky and Frank Reich. Yep. I, and so personally, I want Dan Orlovsky to be the QB coach. Like, I, I need him to be the QB coach. I can't have Press Taylor anymore. He's Wentz and Press Taylor are buds apparently, and they don't get anything done in practice. Wentz is lazy, and he's not being punished for it. And I mean, that's kind of on Wentz, but that's more so on on the coaching staff for not for not. I mean, pushing yeah, he, to be he's a young best. player. Sometimes the young players are going to slack off, but it's really up to the coaching staff, staff to uh, put them back in line. We've been dancing around it for the past 90 seconds or so, so should we say our thoughts on... Yes, yeah, so the, uh, uh, we do not believe in any sense that Carson Wentz should be benched. Jalen Hurts is, is, yeah, Jalen Hurts is not ready to beat Carson Wentz. So I've got some more compelling arguments than uh, Jalen Hurts is ready. I mean, or it well also, is ready to be Carson Wentz. Also, um, I mean Carson Wentz, besides the two picks, did not. I'm gonna say based on the stats, did not have an awful game. 21 for 35, 235 yards and two touchdowns, plus the two picks. One of which was not his fault. So we go into should we go into that? It well, if you well both weren't his fault, but I'll I'll go into that because I, I was I was watching the tape of that along with. A couple of other, well, not along with, but I, I, was, I was reading and yeah. listening to what some other guys like, uh, like Tory Smith and Dan or- or- Orlovsky, who probably know more than me. Yeah, what they had to say about yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, Sione Taki Taki play. I mean, that was a very heads up play um, from him. No, I mean, I'm not taking trying to take any way from anything away from that uh, great heads up play by him. But that was not Carson Wentz's fault. No, who so, was that? Dallas Goddard. Was no. All right. So Richard Rodgers. Do, do, do you want me to dive into this? Sure. So on the play, there is there are there, two tight ends. There are eight guys in 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 the box for the Browns, and then the Eagles have have five offensive linemen, two tight ends, and 
and a running back, and the two tight ends are in the two receivers. Correct. The receivers are spread out to the left side. Now, the play is kind of like a, it's kind of like a, a double vert for the two receivers. I'd say actually They're, more of a flood concept. Mm-hmm, but plus a check down for Miles Sanders. Yeah. It's a play after action. The chip block. Yes. Uh, it's a chip block. It's a it's a play action play, and the um the tight ends in the offensive line is really supposed to. Um, each, uh, they're really supposed to sell a power play. To each the left. go one on one and, and and make sure that their blocker, it or, or, or that the guy that they're supposed to block isn't able to get to Carson Wentz. Now, now the Browns are running a corner blitz from Denzel Ward, mm-hmm. and uh, I believe it's up to Richard Rodgers to block yes, it. Correct. Now Denzel Ward fakes like he's going out into a cloud flat, and then comes in on the blitz. Richard Rodgers just gets distracted and loses him. And uh, Denzel Ward has a free shot at Carson Wentz. His eyes are on the outside linebacker, who, who's blitzing. But he, but Dallas Goddard has that outside linebacker. It's Richard Rodgers' job to, to always have eyes on Ward and make sure that he doesn't blitz Wentz. So Ward basically has a free shot to Wentz. He's hit when he throws, and that causes the pick six. But a lot of what people were saying is that Wentz just completely missed a read. Now, it wasn't, it was in the pouring rain. It was not good conditions. You can't really blame him for not wanting to take it. Maybe, I mean, it's not really a guaranteed pass. It's a little bit of a tougher pass. And the Browns have a fast defense and they could get there in time. Yes, maybe in perfect conditions, it could be a pass and maybe it's something that he should take. I'll go into this in more depth. The, the safety is, is dropping back, but his eyes are on Rager the the entire time. And when Wentz steps up to make or or to pump to to Rager, the safety takes a step toward him, and that's why Wentz pulls pulls out. The only way that, that he can make the, the completion is a perfect back shoulder throw to Rager, and in in the pouring rain and that's under not gonna heavy duress. That, I mean, that is far too much to ask for to make a, a perfect throw. So Rager was not as open as you'd like. And Wentz also did what people have been asking him to do. Which Just take the, the check down. Take, take the check down. And he did, but he was hit from behind yes, due to Richard Rodgers not being able to block. Uh, so, and the second interception, I mean... Alshon Jeffrey didn't jump. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's much more I have to say about that. A receiver who's you, who is very capable of make of catching a good jump ball. And and it looked like from the line and the route that he was running, being matched up on on a smaller defensive back, that it was meant to be a jump ball the entire time. Just get the five yards so that you can probably just rush it in with Miles Sanders. But that's why the interceptions don't matter. Now, just like the general Wentz. I mean, it thing. wasn't great. We're not trying to defend a, a, a below av- a below average game. I mean, what I mean really is average, but below for the average NFL quarterback, it was not a good game. But it wasn't as terrible as some people are saying it was. You know, I texted you after the game and said, "Is it just me, or are the receivers not, or, or they're not stepping or are the receivers up. not being able to gain separation from the defensive backs?" And, and I think that that was a common theme. Although I did, I did see flashes from Riker that could hint at maybe some potential there. Doug Peterson is not utilizing Riker to the 
to his full potential, and that's See, um, yet my, another reason my why NFL Raider comp for Jalen Rager is uh, Calvin Ridley. Cal- that's fair, I think. Yeah. So, in Cal- we saw what Calvin Ridley did at the beginning of this year, uh, and I think I mean I feel that's how Jalen Rager plays, and obviously there's a place for those kind of players in the NFL. And he's, he's really not being utilized nearly well enough. I see a bit of a Sammy Watkins type guy. Yeah. That, that's my uh, Although I feel comparison. like Sammy Watkins has a little bit more speed on him. But, I mean, fair. Fair. Rager's a lot faster than people give him credit for. That 4-4, 40-yard dash time is not his real speed. He's probably in the 4-3 range. But uh, uh, I believe uh, Sammy Watkins ran a 4-3. Mm-hmm. Some more reasons not to bench Carson Wentz. The effect it would have on, on the locker room, and so Doug Peterson said that it's it, not. It's it would not send the message that the season is over, and people have been saying, "Oh, well, well no, it's not, because Jalen Hurts could play well, and that could give them a boost of youth." Well, first of all, Wentz is still young, and and, and most of, of the locker room. There were reports that came out today about Wentz, or about a couple of guys in the locker room being against. Wentz, but that's always going to happen. Cough, cough. Alshonimus last year. But, uh, you know, that's always going to happen. And he still has the support of most of, of the locker room and, and the veteran players. And those who, who, who are actually guys. matter. Mm-hmm. Those who like, matter. Rookies who don't play much. like You're not really going to take their opinion into account well, in this kind of situation. You have to, but they don't hold as strong of an opinion as a guy like Brandon Brand per se. Or Lane Johnson, or someone like that. Mm-hmm. Someone exactly. who really is a team leader. And and both of those guys, from what we've heard, still fully back Carson Wentz. And as they should, they probably aren't happy with how he's playing, but they nobody can Nobody can say they're happy with how Carson Wentz is playing, but people have been saying that, um, well, by saying, well, the se- you'd be showing that the season isn't over if you started Jalen Hurts, because you'd be saying... Well, we can. We believe that this team is good enough to survive if we have better quarterback play. But really, that's not the case. You're showing that the season is still there's still potential in the season because you say we believe this quarterback has room to improve and we believe he can get better and carry this team. Uh, so that I mean, it's really ridiculous to say Jalen Hurts should uh, replace Carson Wentz. It, it's kind of unreasonable. Uh, now I just want to talk about. Uh, the Eagles rushing game, which and, is and, and so one sec before we move on to that, I just have one final point about why they shouldn't bench Carson Wentz. He has to work his way out of it. All right, here's a guy, Peyton Manning. In in 2005, he was absolutely atrocious. Like, or wait, no, it, it was not 2005. I apologize. It was 2002. He was absolutely atrocious. He 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 wasn't a good quarterback. He had. 27 touchdowns and 19 interceptions. The year before, too, we had 26 touchdowns and 23 interceptions. Like, he, and he, he was struggling. The stats don't show how much he was struggling back then, and he worked his way out of it. He's now going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer this year. Oh, yeah. First yeah he's year up for contention this year. He's, uh, he's, he's a semifinalist, but we all know he's, he's first ballot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't really argue against that. He's one of the greatest... He's probably the second the time, greatest quarterback of all time. I, I think that Manning, uh, he, it's a perfect example of why you just have to let your quarterback play through it. They're going to be better eventually. Like, 
especially if you're as talented as, as someone like Wentz or Manning, you're going to work your way through it. People are, are comparing this to Dunman McNabb in, in 2008. I mean, fine, but Wentz is more talented than Donovan McNabb. He's probably the most talented quarterback to ever put on an Eagles jersey, take out Michael Vick, maybe. Uh, I'm a big uh, lover of Randall Cunningham. Oh, Ramblin' Randall. Uh, he, 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 so was a, he was a phenomenal player. So athletic. So athletic. Wentz is just freakishly talented. We saw that in in 2017. Like, and, and that wasn't even him at his full potential. He was still, like, he still had... I would like to grow all of you listening to uh, look at a play. Randall Cunningham, Monday Night Football versus the New York Giants. Uh, Is I'm that not, a play where he's hit? And yeah, then his he, so he's out. hit uh, in his knee area, and where any other quarterback, they fall down and they take a sack there. Randall, complete, it's, it's ridiculous. It, it looks like he's made of rubber. He just flies up in the air, bounces out of it, and throws a touchdown pass. We'll, he was so athletic and so talented. We'll save this conversation for the offseason. This feels like an offseason conversation. Yes, but from when we run out of ideas. Are you, are you, that is our stance on Carson Wentz being bet, benched. We are heavily against it, and hopefully if you're listening and, and you think that Hurts should start, then hopefully we change your mind. Hopefully, maybe, probably not, because we didn't There's do a hope. great job. There's hope. But, yeah, uh, you were talking about the Eagles run game and, and its inconsistency, so I do want to go ahead with that. Yeah, so the Eagles run game is very off and on. Um, I think I can speak for both of us here when, uh, when I say that Miles Sanders, I believe, is the, the running back of the future for the Eagles. Mm-hmm. He's very talented. Uh, he Maybe he's not power, but he's very elusive, and he can he can catch passes out of the backfield, which is becoming increasingly important in this league. Uh, his hands have been made of vinegar the past couple of games. <laughs> Odd comparison there, but I mean, compared to an average back, he can catch. Compared I mean, to Derrick Henry? Sure. He he has the ability to catch a ball. I have the ability to catch a ball, but does that mean that I should... Uh, I, should I mean, that's, 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 deba- that's debatable, too. Uh, Ooh, but my, okay, I'm my, fired. Miles Sanders is... I mean, I think he's really wonderful, and I think he really has a future, uh, hopefully, with this team. Uh, I mean... He, right now he's running for a 5.7 per attempt. I believe he's, since 2018, I believe he's third in yards per attempt out of all running backs. And, uh, but he's very inconsistent. He'll have some games where, I mean, his stats don't so in, show inconsistencies, but you can tell when he's having bad games and when it's good games. And it's very off and on for him. And it's very hard to tell when he's going to have a good game. Well. I don't think it's hard to tell because he always has a good game. He, he just has that knack it, to hit the gap, make the right play. You know, but I don't think that Peterson has been using him enough, especially in the fourth quarter where Peterson is just... He likes to put in Boston Scott a lot. And, and he's ran away, no pun intended, from the run game. He's completely... Like, I think in, in the fourth quarter, there are an average of something like... 3.3 rush attempts in the fourth quarter, and they gained 1.7 yards per attempt. Like, the second number is because of, of, of the first number. Like, he's not using the rushing attack, and when he is, it's Boston Scott, who's not Miles Sanders. Like, All right, so uh, here are the season stats for those two. 
you can compare them yourself. Miles Sanders is running for 5.7 a carry, 585 rush yards on 102 attempts, uh, with three touchdown, three rushing touchdowns. Boston Scott, uh, 4.8 carry, 270 rushing yards, 56 attempts, uh, and one touchdown. That 56 attempts is way too high. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd say give 20 more to Miles Sanders because he, also, also uh, I believe that Miles Sanders is a little more talented than Boston Scott in the passing game. Mm. Debatable, mm. but I mean, in open field, who would you trust more? I would just, I would trust Jalen Rager. Oh, we're, but, we're not talking about him though. But so um, Miles Sanders. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear guys. that uh, yeah, maybe Miles, Adrian Killings. Maybe Miles Sanders is is uh, I mean, he's much better than Boston Scott and shouldn't get be getting his carries taken away from. I mean, Boston Scott has half of Miles Sanders' rushing yards. I mean, uh, not rushing yards, rushing attempts. And I think that is just way too high. I think it boils down to play calling and and how Peterson just hasn't been able to establish it. Not because the other, not because of Sanders and Scott not not doing well, but because he just doesn't like to run the ball. And, and that is yet another reason why Doug Peterson should be fired this offseason. I don't believe he should be fired, but okay. Uh, so we'll save that for next week after the Eagles get blown out by the Seahawks. But all right, uh, our next segment we're, we're gonna give a preview of the Seahawks game on, on Monday Night Football. Which oh god, if if you thought the Browns game was painful, just all right, just, just wait go to bed at halftime for this one. The Seahawks have the Seahawks are seven and three on the year. They are, are they're first in the NFC West. They've got an MVP contender in Russell, Russell Wilson, Wilson, who is, uh, who has very, who, his, his accuracy has just been out of this world. He has a 70% completion rate. And they I mean, also have, I mean, it, almost 3,000 passing yards and 30 touchdowns. It also helps that he has the best wide receiver duo in the league in DK yeah. Metcalf. Who, and we're we're huge Lockett. fans of DK Metcalf. Not a big fan of I like Lockett, Lockett person. I, I like Lockett, but, um. We both agree on Metcalf. Mm, keep JJ Rebecca Whiteside. That's oh. going to make me cry every Metcalf time. Metcalf with a nine receiving touchdowns this year. Nine. Uh, do you know that Chase Claypool has ten touchdowns? Yes, this Chase season? Claypool with ten touchdowns in ten games. That, that's just ridiculous. But yeah, So uh, back to the Seahawks. And their defense has been starting to, to step up because of... They basically have three big names on the defense. Jamal Adams, Bobby Wagner, and Carlos Dunlap. Carlos and Wagner with a clutch play last mm -hmm. week. And Wagner and Adams both have a claim as the best in their position, which, I mean, I don't think those are baseless claims. Yeah, definitely I, I, not baseless. I, 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 think that Wag, I think that Wagner, as a middle linebacker, I, I don't really know who else there is since... Keekly is gone now. He, yeah, he's gone, I was about to say. Uh, so, a little look uh, at the injuries for the Seahawks and the Eagles. Seahawks are losing uh, Ethan Pocek, or Poke kicker. I don't know. It's questionable, actually. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's questionable. All of them are questionable. Uh, he's their guard. Uh, Shaquille Griffin, the corner. Jordan Simmons, another guard. And uh, Chris Carson and Travis Homer, both running backs. Uh, big parts of their offense so there. All are questionable. And uh, Greg Olson, their starting tight end, is yes. out on IR, but that doesn't really have that much of an effect when you have two good wide receivers. But it's good to have a nice safety valve like Greg Olson mm -hmm. there. So, an old man who knows all the tricks. So. And for the Eagles, uh, 
Link Johnson is questionable, Jason Peters is questionable, Rudy Ford is questionable, and Nate Herbig is questionable. Well, the injury list for the Eagles just goes on and on and on and on. But anyways, what chance do the Eagles have to win this game and how would they be able to win the game? Because it's, it's definitely a stretch to say, yep, 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 I think the Eagles have a good shot in this one. Now, actually, ESPN is pretty generous towards the Eagles here. They gave the Seahawks a 61.2% chance of winning, the Eagles a 35, I'm sorry, 38.5% chance at winning, hmm. and a 0.3% chance of a tie. Uh, I mean, that's not bad for the Eagles. I mean, 38% chance. Uh, really, what they have to do is carve up the Seahawks defense, which is possible. I mean, Seahawks defense has been atrocious this year, uh, besides Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. Uh, Jamal Adams, who I don't even think has been that great this year. Uh, he's he's had his football IQ issues. Yes. Last year, though, last year though, no doubt he was worth two first rounders. Mm -hmm. If you maybe just go off his... may not have been the smartest investment to to shell out two first rounders for a box safety, <laughs> but. Uh, so, I mean, if the Eagles can carve up their defense, which, I mean, they have the potential to. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not out of the question. And, and the Eagles, and the, <laughs> Fulgham, and, uh, um, and the Eagles get a couple of stops. stops uh, I don't think this game is out of the question. I think the, the way that they win is they, they obviously have to get that passing attack going and that and make sure that Miles Sanders is able to get going on the ground against a weak, weak, weak Seahawks run defense. But I think Avante Maddox is going to be the key player or whoever starts at, at cornerback opposite of, of Darius Slate because they're going to have to take either DK Metcalf or Tyler, or Tyler Lockett. And I, I, I'm just, if they're able to shut down those two, then they may just have a shot to win the game. Yeah, I mean, in um, in all three of the Seahawks' losses, uh, I mean, I think really this has come down comes down to turnovers because in all three of the Seahawks' losses, um, they have uh, cars. They've made the opposite team has made Russell Wilson throw two or more picks, which I don't see the Eagles doing that. I mean, if it's not again. Basically, the baseline of this game is it's not out of the question. I, I have a fun fact, by the way. The last Eagles cornerback with an interception, Sidney Jones. The the Washington football teamer? No, he's on the Jaguars, actually. Oh, yes. He's hurt, I, I believe, but... Uh, he's the last Eagles corner with an interception? Mm -hmm. Wow. That's no, really sad. Not even Darius like. Who's been playing great, but he's just not an interception corner. He, he never has been. Yeah. Well, I mean, he doesn't even get targeted that much. He's <laughs> yeah. just so it's locked a fair point. So, a great investment for the Eagles, by the way. Just to great wrap, investment. Just to wrap up this segment, uh, give me your score prediction for the game. Ooh, my score prediction for this game on, I believe this is Monday Night Football. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Seahawks 34, Eagles 20. I'm gonna go Seahawks 35, Eagles 23. So yeah, so if, pretty similar. If, basically, basically the the baseline of this game is 
It's not out of the question. It's it, tough, but it's not out of the it's, question. It's the toughest game that they've... Uh, no, the Steelers game is probably the toughest they've had all, yes. all year, but this this team does not match the up The Packers well. coming up soon. Mm, the Packers, that's going to be... Uh, that's gonna be a tough one, but the Eagles don't match up too great against the against the Seahawks. A couple of yeah. final notes here. Um, congratulations, by the way, to Eric Allen for being a semifinalist for the Hall of Fame. It, it, it took long. It, it, it took long enough. He's probably the best corner to ever play for the Eagles. Uh, you, Nambi, Nambi uh I mean, he wasn't great on the Eagles, but he was a great Eagle. Well, the. The Dream Team is just an absolute a disaster. That's probably the most pain Eagles fans have been put through up until the season. But yeah, plus um another uh, they actually have a this is their toughest stretch of the season coming up right now. Here you know they had just had the Browns and Seahawks, Packers, Saints, Cardinals, and then they finished it off with uh, Cowboys and Washington. So this is a very tough stretch right here. Uh, I mean, we just gotta hold through. Back to what I was saying, Eric Allen, he he was the lead defensive back in that historic 1991 Eagles defense that was, it was obviously headlined by guys like Reggie White and Clyde Simmons, but it, it wouldn't have been nearly Reggie White, as one of successful. our favorite players of all time. We love Reggie White. But, uh, but it wouldn't have been nearly as successful had it not been for Eric Allen being Absolutely phenomenal. Shutdown corners are important. I mean, mm -hmm. there's no denying it. Yep, just look at Darius Sly. But uh, who really hasn't had an impact on the team? But it's great to take a receiver away. Also, happy birthday to Donovan McNabb. We're recording this on November 25th. That is Donovan McNabb's birthday. He statistically is the greatest quarterback to ever play for the Eagles. His highlights are absolutely. Insane. Uh, his number has. You been want to go into that now? You really want to go into that? Statistically, now? I'm not saying he is. I, I still think Randall Cunningham is is a better quarterback, but good. McNabb, statistically, yep. it is better, and uh, he turned uh, 44 today. Mm -hmm. His number five has been retired by the Eagles, and he is also in the Eagles Hall of Fame, and. Hopefully he'll be put in the NFL Hall of Fame soon. So, but. so if you go by uh, Tom Brady's logic, he could still be playing for the Eagles now. Um, is Tom Brady forty-three now? Yes, but I mean, he's on a two-year deal. I don't know how much longer he's going to play after this season. But well, we, we'll we've talk been, about we've been that saying that for the past five years. We've been saying that since like he's been thirty-five. Well, we didn't think that he'd stay too long in the league when he was a sixth-round draft pick out of, the, out of Michigan. <laughs> yes. But here he is, the greatest football player. At of, 43 years old. At 43 years old, leading a Super Bowl contender. That's just... Oh, you learn something every day. I just, just learned more. Donovan McNabb actually played for the Vikings. Seriously? Yeah. All great quarterbacks have to end their career with the Vikings, <laughs> don't they? Oh, yes. Vikings, but a short spurt with the Jets before going to the Jets Vikings. and Falcons. Yep, the Jets and Falcons. Oh, we're all good players go to die. Or possibly the Bucks. We're all good players go to die. Didn't Steve Young end his career with the Bucks? No, uh, he started his career with the Bucks. Oh, started his career with the Bucks. So, sorry, I'm not too great then on my football's history. Then yeah, that's actually my strong suit. Then he rose to glory with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. All right, so one final like fun thing to to wrap up the segment is if 
you could pick one eagle, not named Reggie White, Brian Dawkins, or um, or Concrete Charlie, who who's played for the Eagles for, for a decent stretch of time. So no Terrell Owens, no Chris Carter. All right, if you could pick any one of those players from past Eagles history to put on this team, who would you choose? Oh, that's very tough. No Brian Dawkins, no Concrete Charlie. Uh, who, by the way, we'd probably put a linebacker. No way, we're, we're taking out mm. Kelsey. Agreed. And no Reggie White. That's very tough. Um, for a decent amount of time. I mean, that's very tough. Why don't you go first while I think about that? Uh, you know, I'm... Man, this is, uh, this is a tough one. But I'm probably going to have to go with... Um, Harold Carmichael. Because oh, wow, what a beast that would be. Because of his 6'8-ness, the fact that he's 6'8, is he 200? <laughs> 6'8. Is he like 250 pounds or something? <laughs> he would be an absolute monster in in today's game. He got inducted into the Hall of Fame last year, which apparently the NFL is something against putting Eagles players in the Hall of Fame because guys like Harold Carmichael and Eric Allen, well, and so Carmichael was long overdue, and Allen is now, but uh, he, he would just be so much fun to watch on that team, and they need wide receiver help, he'd be so much fun to watch, and just Carson Wentz just throwing it deep to, to Carmichael, that, that would just be too much fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, really, for me, it's between three uh, all-time greats. Let's try and pick one. <laughs> it wasn't it's, asked for it's, three. It's between uh, Steve, Steve Van Buren, do, do they need a running back? But he played safety also. Fair point. Seth Joyner, who would be wonderful good in that line. Pick. But, That's a good pick. And um, uh, Tommy McDonald. Ooh, the slot the, receiver. The, the speedster. The father of the slot receiver. Yes. I mean, any one of those would really, really help out this team. If you had to pick one. Ah, uh, I... To be honest, I would probably say Seth Joyner, just because yep. the linebackers could really use that kind of that mm -hmm. kind of player. All right. All right. Good question. Good question. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's that's gonna wrap up. That's gonna wrap up our Eagle segment for for the day. And, and we're, we're gonna not for the day. Don't worry, folks. No. We'll be back in a, in a minute. <laughs> but that's gonna wrap up our Eagle segment, and we'll be right. Back. Hello, and we're back with an emergency Eagle segment. It was just said that Lane Johnson is out for the season with an ankle injury. Yes, this is being recorded two days after we recorded that previous Eagle segment. This is breaking news. This, this just broke about an hour ago. This is terrible news for for Eagles fans, and it's, it's a concerning injury, apparently, to quote. He, um, pull up the quote. Right now we have to start. Now the Eagles have to start both Jordan Mailata and Jason Peters. Uh, and... Matt Pryor, who's and been Matt struggling. Uh, yeah, this is this is really just detrimental. I mean, any glimpse of hope that the Eagles had on their offensive line is really just being is it's taking a beating every week. This this sucks, and you know. Thanks for the vivid explanation. <laughs> no, but hit. So Lane Johnson's quote was, um, "My ankle's the messed up. The inside of his ankle has collapsed." That's, yeah, he said uh, he his said, ankle's really messed up. Conference this morning, but you know that's just terrible news for the Eagles. Yeah, this what's is really probably 
going to happen is they're going to slide Jordan Mailata over to over to left tackle. They're going to plug Jason Peters in at right guard and Matt Pryor in at right tackle, which has been... The, which will leave the Eagles especially, especially vulnerable to, those, to the edge rushers that are all too apparent. That's been their break glass in case of emergency plan yeah. the entire season, and it's, it's just never good news. Seems like always is an emergency. Yeah, well, with the season the Eagles have been having, you know, can't remember. Yeah, so this is really just terrible for the Eagles. Best wishes to Lane Johnson from me and Evan for a speedy recovery and, be, and to be back next season fully healthy. It's Welcome Black Friday, the, the day after Thanksgiving. And I was just wondering, if there is a better tra tradition than the Cowboys losing each Thanksgiving, like, is there anything better than that? No, it's, really, it, it's just a joy to watch. <laughs> The Cowboys got absolutely smoked by the football team. The only downside is that, you know, the Eagles aren't in first place anymore, but we're going to skip over that and just focus on the Cowboys losing. It, it's just so much fun to hear that the Cowboys lost 41-16 to to a team with no name. At least the Eagles were competitive in their games against against the football team. But, so... I mean, wow. I mean, it, it, it just puts us in a jolly mood. But we're Eagles fans. Do we really have a have a leg to stand on when saying the Cowboys are trash because they can just throw it right back well, at Well, I mean, what is that? What is Philly but having a trash team and calling all the other teams trash? Do you know what the best thing might be this season? And I'm just going to say it. For, for Eagles fans, if, if the Washington football team and the Cowboys both went out, except for the Cowboys in their Week 16 matchup, or no, no. Went out. Both teams huh? went out. So, so the Cowboys get a draft pick that's about like 17. Yeah, the worst <laughs> picks. But the football team makes the playoffs, so they both don't get good picks. The Eagles lose out, except for one game against the Cowboys. Is there a better end to the season than that? The, the, the Eagles. Except get, for you know the all. You know, except for you know the Eagles winning out uh, and winning the Super Bowl, pull, pulling in a, pulling a, a 2008 Giants and that, going and winning the Super Bowl. That's a pretty I mean, yeah, damn good but, but alternative. Obvi yeah. But, you know. Getting Micah Parsons as their top five pick, that would be yeah. great. But, All right, anyways. So, yeah. So. The big news yesterday, not the Cowboys losing, which. Lamar I mean, Jackson has contracted the COVID-19 virus. Wow. Big I mean, news. Shocker. That he's probably the biggest name to. To get COVID so far. He, he's the. He's through the MVP last season. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is really crazy. How will the Ravens move on? How will the Ravens move on? Well, there's a guy named RG3, who people forget was like actually pretty good. Yeah, before he got before injuries piled up, he was he was rookie of the year. He he was he was a really exciting young player when he was uh you know active in the league. Lucky for the Ravens, RG3 and uh, Lamar Jackson play pretty similarly, except uh, RG3 relies on the run a little bit more. But I mean, RG3 was Lamar Jackson before Lamar Jackson, so they're they're they really don't have to shift their offense too much. They just can't rely on any deep bombs to Hollywood Brown or Mark Andrews. Well, RG3 actually, his his arm strength isn't bad. It's just the, the accuracy that needs work. Yeah, the, but there's no denying the downgrade from obviously from a, the past MVP to uh, any backup, backup is going to be a downgrade. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that by you saying that it's not going to be much of a shift, there's ob there's obviously going to be a shift. Yes, because RG3 is nowhere near as talented as Lamar Jackson. There's, I mean, I'm just saying the style of offense, obviously you're going to expect less production, but the style of offense that they run, 
I mean, they really aren't going to have to shift that that much. I think that they're going to rely. I mean, for on, example, if they had to shift to a if they had to shift to Philip Rivers, I mean, they're, they're going to rely on their running backs. A and I'd expect a guy like Gus Edwards to have a lot of carries, which we'll touch a little bit more on that in our brand new fantasy football segment. Exciting! We're excited about that. Hopefully you you stay for that. But another guy who I'd expect to see very active on the offense, just not in the way that you'd expect, is Marquise Brown on, on a lot of of jet sweeps and jet sweeps and, and reverses stuff. and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I mean I really. I expect uh, John Harbaugh to get very creative, and I, I mean, I don't think their, I don't think their team is going to go down the drain. I'd also expect any defense. more than it already is. <laughs> well, the Ravens still aren't a bad team and very much Super Bowl contenders. Yeah, I mean, I, but we just hold them to a very high mm -hmm. standard. I'd expect you'd see their, their defense play a lot more aggressively with a lot of blitzes and, and some. Le less zero. Yeah, a, a, a lot less of the conservative, you know. Cover four looks, which I mean, they don't give often, but I mean, the little times that they do do that, I feel like that's really going to be cut down. Because their best chance to beat the the only undefeated team in football, the Steelers, who their game is. I mean, they, the they're really going to have to. They're going to have to model their defense. You know, they're going to have to. They're going to have to kind of model Blitzburg. I mean, I mean, that's I'd really the only way they can they can get after them. Mm -hmm. I'd ex I'd expect a very linebacker heavy defense. Yeah, in, I mean, Patrick Queen has been phenomenal this season, but expect him to just get even better. Because the defense, they're going to be relying on the defense to make a lot more plays. Mm -hmm. Because their only chance to win the game against the Steelers is winning the turnover battle. That, yeah. That's really the only shot. Steelers, who are a phenomenal turnover team. All right. Steelers and the Dolphins. Steelers some of the that, best turnover teams. Yeah, I, I can't believe the Dolphins are being mentioned in the same sentence as oh, the Steelers. Boy, we never thought we'd see the day. No, Sorry. but All right. another topic that's been going on around the league with with talk shows and, and and sports segments is how good is Deshaun Watson because he he played phenomenally I think we can both fun. agree that we, we first of, we're gonna head this off by saying we both think Deshaun Watson is a very very good quarterback mm -hmm. with the Bryce Dietrich top five in the league I have no doubt about that and there's okay. no way he should have fell to the eighth pick in his draft when Mitchell Trubisky went ahead of him, and as a kind of sort yeah, of Bears you know, fan, Mitchell, Mitchell, that one hurts. Mitchell Trubisky is looking back at his college tapes to try to figure out why he was taken ahead of Deshaun Watson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it, is Deshaun Watson on the same level as Patrick Mahomes? That's what the that's what the conversation has. Been. All right, I'll start. I. I think Patrick Mahomes is on a level all by himself, and I really don't think anybody in the league touches him. Now, out of a, out of a lot, I mean, Deshaun Watson is one of the closest ones to touching his level, but I th I really think Patrick Mahomes is on a level by himself. Deshaun Watson doesn't have the arm strength, although I am week by week I am impressed by Deshaun Watson's ability to evade sacks. I think it's so impressive those like those spin outs and ducks. I mean, it kind of looks like what Carson Wentz, uh, 2017 Carson Wentz looked like. Yeah, I, I think that he's a bit more of a scrambler. Yes. And Wentz is more of an improviser. Yeah, but uh, so Deshaun Watson, I, I'm continually impressed by his ability to extend plays, I mean, which he has to. I think out of all the quarterbacks in the league, Deshaun Watson, I feel like, would have the closest to Mahomes' success rate in that, in Mahomes' kind of team, you know, with his off. Deshaun Watson is on a terrible team. I'm just going to say it. There, it's not a very successful organization. And Deshaun Watson really is their team. 
Patrick Mahomes has I mean obviously I love Patrick Mahomes but he has a he has a cast of superstars around him and I feel like uh, out of a lot of players in the league Deshaun Watson could have a close level of success in Patrick on Patrick Mahomes' team and system okay especially with his offensive line Deshaun the Texans all line is in shambles not as bad as the Eagles though uh, I don't think there's any team that will ever have as many injuries as the, as the Eagles have in the past three years has been but I think you're overstating how good Deshaun Watson is. Overstating. And, and there's no doubt that he's a phenomenal player. He's he's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. But Patrick Mahomes is like, there is nothing that he can't do. He has one of the strongest arms in the league. He's one of the best at, at evading sacks in the league. And he's He's actually a better scrambler than, than people give him credit for. Deshaun and, Watson, though, is very fast. Deshaun Watson is faster than Mahomes, and by yeah, a good margin, too. Yeah, but that just because you're faster, that doesn't mean you're better at, as a scrambler, because Mahomes is smarter. He can read the defense in the open field. I, I'm just not sure I see that so much with Deshaun Watson. And then you even touched on his arm strength issues I I just that's something that's a god-given gift and he doesn't have that gift of being able to throw the ball 70 yards and I, I think that that's gonna hold him back from being on the level of Mahomes or even well, close to the level of no, Mahomes. I mean no one's on the level of Mahomes and when I say he's close to the level of Mahomes I mean you have to put that in perspective Mahomes is I mean when people say generational talent this gets a whole new meaning to it Mahomes is Mahomes if he can. He's one of the most talented quarterbacks we've seen in many, many years. He's the most naturally talented quarterback that we've seen that we've seen since Michael Vick. I mean, you have a good argument. I mean, but Deshaun, I think what you see with Patrick Mahomes is scrambling is also a smaller sample size. Patrick Mahomes throws way more than Deshaun Watson does because Patrick Mahomes uh, gets way more options, and when you see him scrambling, it's because he sees a really good opportunity, and you, I feel like you're just seeing the best of Mahomes. Yet Deshaun Watson, he has to scramble so much that I feel like you're gonna, obviously there's, there's gonna be more errors, and I feel like you see that more because Deshaun Watson has to scramble so more. With Mahomes, it's more of a choice. Okay, it's also not like Deshaun Watson has no weapons, though. He. He has Will Fuller, who's been having a phenomenal season. He has Brandon Cooks, who hasn't been as good, but he has—he still hasn't been too bad. And, and then he—and then he—he he has Duke—he has Duke Johnson, who's been underrated. We'll also bring him up in our fantasy football segment, which we're super excited about. But his offensive line isn't as bad as people say. He's. He's got Laramie Tunsil, who's one of the top offensive tackles but, in the league. He's got Titus Howard, who's, who's who's not a bad player. Those are his tackles. Then he's got Nick Martin, who's a solid center. His guards leave something to be desired. I, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that, but his protection is probably around average, I'd say. And Mahomes is probably around average. It's not like the Chiefs have the greatest offensive line ever, and he's still able to evade sack better than anyone I've ever seen. I actually say Patrick Mahomes is the second best sack evader in the league. I, I would put Deshaun Watson ahead of him in wow. sack evading. Now, you're, that's just wrong. I'm sorry. That, that's just wrong. But also, if you sure, I mean Will Fuller and you know Kenny Stills and what you might call weapons that the Texans have, 
there's nothing close to what the Chiefs have. I mean, the Chiefs, I mean, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has been a little bit of a disappointment. I'm not going to call him a disappointment. He's but not I'm, a disappointment. But he's, he's not, exactly he's not, he's not what a lot of people have built him up to be, yet he still has uh, 655 rushing yards. Uh, That's because he's a dual threat back. Yes. He, he gets and a lot in the passing Kelsey, game. Travis Kelsey has almost four, is four yards shy of 900 receiving yards. He's Tyreek Hill, McCole Hardman, Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, Byron Pringle. I mean, Le'Veon Bell. All these players are just, I mean, my oh my. You, the weapons that he has are just incredible. Plus, a defense that is rapidly improving. Mm, I mean... Their, their defense is overrated, and that team is Mahomes and company. And company is, is I mean, all, all Dar- the weapons. Daniel Sorensen has three interceptions this year. Frank Clark, I'm sorry, not Frank Clark, Chris Jones, I believe this year is the best defensive, pure defensive tackle in the league. Are you kidding me? Have you seen Aaron Donald? I'm saying, I'm Have saying, you that's, ever that's why, seen that, Aaron Donald that's play why, a snap of football? That's Evan? why I said pure defensive. Def, um, Aaron Donald's kind of a hybrid tackle end. Aaron Donald is a defensive tackle. We've had this discussion before. We both agree it's ridiculous to not have Aaron Donald as a defensive sure. tackle. Okay, Chris Jones is, top, oh is a God. top three defensive tackle this year. He is... Uh, I'm very, very bright spot on this team. Uh, you have Tyron Matthew. Tyron Matthew. I love Tyron Matthew. Uh, Frank Clark. Uh, Charvarius Ward. I mean, their defense is just. A lot of these players are improving very quickly. I'm impressed you pronounced that name right. I've I've never gotten it right. But yeah, plus um the the really underrated rookie, although if he's only played four games, Legarius Sneed. Legarius Sneed. I mean, yes, but I I, I just don't think. That in terms of film and tape and the eye test, you can't say that Deshaun Watson is nearly as good as Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes is by far the best quarterback in the league. And yes, by far. But I'm saying out of all the other quarterbacks, Deshaun Watson is closer than a lot of others. Who, but guys like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers are better than Deshaun Watson. They're yes, but if you look at play style, I mean, you can't really. It's hard to compare them. Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to compare. Watson somebody. and Mahomes I mean, like, have it's a hard more to, similar. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going work. back to Philip Rivers, but I mean, it's it, he's the easiest example of the most one of the most immobile quarterbacks we've ever seen. I mean, he he really has no, he really just cannot move. But I mean, it's hard to compare a player like Philip Rivers or Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes just because their play styles are so different. But Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes don't really have that much of of a different play style. So that's Watson what, is that's why I'm saying they're close. That's why I'm saying they're. Um, it's easier to compare them. That's why I'm putting Watson closer to Mahomes than a lot of quarterbacks, than the vast majority of quarterbacks. But, but shouldn't the fact that they're comparable make it seem or support my argument that? Just watch the games. That Mahomes is so much better. I'm like, not trying to take he's any- absolutely ridiculous. That's I'm not trying team. to take anything away from Patrick Mahomes. He's a phenomenal player, and I'm and every play is a highlight play. I um, I watched. I went back and watched all of his 100. Uh, this was a couple weeks ago, but all of his 100 career touchdown passes. My oh my, they're insane. I'm not taking anything away from Patrick Mahomes. I'm building up Deshaun Watson here, not taking away from Mahomes. The thing is. Watson is probably at his peak. Like that game against the Lions is is the best that he is probably ever going to play. No, unless Mahomes, he gets better weapons. Unless he gets better weapons. But in terms of him, 
just like Deshaun Watson, that's the best that he is is ever going to play. That's Patrick Mahomes on an average no, day. We don't know and Mahomes what, we, still has to touch up. We, we don't, we don't know his accuracy. We don't know what Mahomes' ceiling is. Mahomes' ceiling is we, the greatest it, player of all time. If he yeah, fixes, I, I, I mean, we don't know what a ceiling like a peak year Mahomes stat line looks like. We don't. We really just don't know what that is. Mahomes five hundred yards and five touchdowns. I'm, Ma, I'm telling Ma, you, Mahomes, Mahomes has a medium, like a, a mid tier floor. And an unlimited ceiling. So, I mean, I really don't think there's any way to predict Mahomes' ceiling. All right. I, I so think we've burned out yes. this argument. So, it's time to get into the segment we're so excited for. Fantasy, Fantasy football. football with the Philly sports fans. Stay tuned. Hello, and we're back with an emergency eagle segment. It was just said that Lane Johnson is out for the season with an ankle injury. Yes, this is being recorded two days after we recorded that previous eagle segment. This is breaking news. This... This just broke about an hour ago. This is terrible news for for Eagles fans, and it's it's a concerning injury. Apparently, to quote, he, um, pull up the quote. Right now we have to start. Now the Eagles have to start both Jordan Mailata and Jason Peters, uh, and Matt Pryor, who's and been Matt struggling. Uh, yeah, this is re- this is really just detrimental. I mean, any glimpse of hope that the Eagles had on their offensive line is really just being is it's taking a beating every week. This, this sucks, and you know. Thanks for the vivid explanation. <laughs> no, but hit. So Lane Johnson's quote was, um, "My ankle's the messed up." The inside of his ankle has collapsed. That's yeah. He said uh, he his said, ankle's really messed up. conference this morning, but you know that's just terrible news for the Eagles. Yeah, this What's is really probably going to happen. Is they're going to slide Jordan Mailata over to over to left tackle. They're gonna plug Jason Peters in at right guard and Matt Pryor in at right tackle, which has been the Which will leave the Eagles especially, especially vulnerable to, those, to the extra rushers that are all too apparent. That's been their break class in case of emergency plan yeah. the entire season, and it's, it's just never good news. Seems like always is an emergency. Yeah, well, with the season the Eagles have been having, you know, you can't really. Yeah, so this is really just terrible for the Eagles. Best wishes to Lane Johnson from me and Evan for a speedy recovery and be, and to be back next it's season. It's fantasy football time! Yes, me and Evan have been so excited. We've to been very patient. We have. It's probably going to suck, but we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. So, first of all, we've been having this debate for a while, so we want your opinion. Who has the better starting lineup? So... And by the way, this is a four-team fantasy football league. Yes. Don't judge. Don't judge. Very, very shallow All right. league. All right. So I have Josh Allen, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, TJ Hawkinson, Ezekiel Elliott, the Rams defense, and Justin Tucker. Evan? All right. This week, I will be starting Russell Wilson, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, Darren Waller, Tyler Lockett. Colts defense and Jason Sanders. Please note that my bench has Kenny Galladay, Lamar Jackson, Joe Mixon, Allen Robinson, James Conner, AJ Brown, Cooper Cup, and Austin Eckler on injured reserve. All right, I think I have the uh, far superior bench though. Christian McCaffrey, Kyler Murray, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Swift, Chris Boswell, Antonio Brown, and Mike Evans. But who has the better starting lineup? You, All right, you, email you us. You don't with, win through benches. I'll email, tell you that one. email us with your thoughts, mm-hmm. please. Yep. We also, need to. 
feel free to email us with any fantasy football questions. We will be glad to answer them for you in mm -hmm. a timely manner. We'll do our best. All right. So, next, but we're going to go to some uh, stockouts. It, it, it's week 12. This is the week where leagues are made or broken. And in some weeks, it is, it, it's when the playoffs start. Not for us, but if you're on the fringe and just need that one extra win to that push you over push. the edge, we've got you. So, if you need... So we're going to start with quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, the, the big position. He, here's one that is a bit unlikely. He's only rostered in 36.6% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. It, it's Tua Tagovailoa. He's playing the New York Jets, the worst team in the league. He's bound to put up massive numbers. And uh, I, I think if he's available, he is he's your number one option for a guy, for, for just... a a quick flyer on a guy for the one week and possibly into the playoffs. But if somebody like Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, if they're available, obviously pick them up first. But two yeah, is not so a bad the, These are just some picks um, that we think are not are the, kind of flying under the radar. For example, uh, somebody you would want to pick up, Jared Goff, is only rostered in 50% of uh, ESPN Fantasy Leagues, yet he's averaging almost 20 points a game. 17.3, so. That's true. Uh, but, I mean, you definitely want to pick him up over somebody like Mitchell Trubisky, who's only rostered in 1.6% of leagues. Okay, he, here's a guy that is not very popular, but for one week, Baker Mayfield is playing the Jaguars. He's not a good quarterback, but he's almost guaranteed to be available in your league, and he's playing... The Jags, who give up the 30th most points to fantasy quarterbacks. Yes, and uh, another uh, interesting player, Robert Griffin III, is only rostered in 0.8% of ESPN fantasy leagues. That means 99.2% of people are not, 99.2% uh, of leagues are not rostering Robert Griffin III. And the Ravens are without Lamar Jackson now. So uh, RG3 is bound for some pretty decent games. So. Uh on that theme of the Ravens, here is a, an, another guy on the Ravens who is bound to have a big game, even if it, even if it's against the number one ranked defense. Gus Edwards, who is only rostered in 39.4% of leagues, he's bound to have a massive workload. If you listen to our to our earlier segment, then you'll hear about that. But he's going to have a big workload, and and I'd expect him to get 15, 20 touches and he's probably going to get about a good 12 to 15 points this game is what I'd expect for him so if you need a quick stopgap for one week Edwards is definitely your guy yeah and if you're in a little bit of a deeper league an interesting player to look at uh, at least look at is uh, Wayne Gallman of the New York uh, Wayne Gallman of the New York Jets uh, he's not rostered very much uh, yet he's, uh, he's, I mean he, while he's end zone dependent, pretty uh, usually, uh, he tends to find it quite often. So I mean he's not a bad player to look at. Mm -hmm. That would definitely be a, be a good pickup. But another guy that you might want to look at is um, not for this week, 
but for next week, Tony Pollard on the Cowboys, who I don't love him because he's a Cowboy, but he, he's only rostered in 22% of leagues, so you probably would be able to pick him up. And especially since Zeke has not been too great this season, I'd expect him to get a bit bigger of a workload. So if you need 10 points next week and possibly more, I'd expect Pollard to maybe be your guy. Yeah, another, you know, one of those 10-point players who's very interesting to me is uh, Keelan Cole Sr. of the Jacksonville Jaguars, only rostered in, a, in uh, about 14.6% of leagues, yet he's averaging o over 11 points a game. So uh, he's he's a little inconsistent, but I mean, he has a pretty good, he has a pretty good ceiling, um, and not, I mean, and he's playing Cleveland. Which isn't the, it's not a dream matchup, but I mean, it's not bad. It's not bad. All right. On, on to wide receivers, and I have two who might be some good matchups. You have Marquise Valdez-Scanling on the Packers. He's only rostered in 14.8% of leagues. He's probably going to be the number two target against the Bears, who eat, they have a solid defense, but, but Kyle Fuller is going to try and take away Devontae Adams. And that leaves Jalen Johnson, who has been far from perfect on, on Valdez Scanling. So if you need a quick 10 points, he could be a good guy to, to target for this week. Then the second guy I have, which this is solely matchup dependent, but it's Henry Ruggs, who is rostered in 34.8% of leagues. It's because he's playing the Falcons, who have given up the 30th most points out of any team to fancy wide receivers. This season, and also Ruggs is kind of prime for a breakout. He was a mid-round first—he was a mid-range first-round pick to the Raiders, and I'd expect him to get a bigger workload than he has so far this season. So, if you need uh, a, a boomer bus guy, I would definitely take a look at at Henry Ruggs. Yeah, another player to look at this week. Um, Facing the Cardinals is the Patriots' Jacoby Myers, uh, who is a, kind of a breakout star for them, only rostered in 47.3% of leagues. Don't be discouraged uh, by last week's bust against the Texans, uh, getting only 6.8 points. But in the previous 10 games, he scored 10 points or more uh, against the Jets. Granted, it's the Jets. He actually had 20, almost 29 points. So, I mean, he's really... A, he's quite an interesting player that's kind of emerging as one of the uh, new interesting fantasy pickups. All right. Moving on to tight ends. One guy that I have who is only rostered in 47% of leagues is Tyler Higby of the Rams. He's been struggling this season. He had one really, really great game early in the season. Against the Eagles of all teams, but um, he... He's a guy that is very boomer bust, and if you want to take that chance, if if you know that you are going up against a better team and you just need a guy who has the potential to completely boom, Higby is totally your guy. Yeah, um, unfortunately he's already played this week, but for future weeks, um, Logan Thomas of the Washington football team... Higby has not played this week. He's. I'm talking about Logan Thomas. Oh, okay. Uh, he's position ranked 15 according to ESPN, yet he's only um, rostered in 25% of the leagues. Yes, he's already played this week, but for future leagues, if you're kind of in a deep league, he's a 
is uh, somebody who's likely to be available and yet not a bad pickup. Along with the uh, the Cowboys Dalton Schultz, who is having a, a pretty decent season so far. Uh, yet he's only rostered in 30.5% of leagues. He's position ranked seven. All right. The final tight end, who is my personal favorite tight end pickup of the week, is Robert Tunyon of the Packers. Yes, so what he, a surprise he's on this list. He is... He's rostered in only 39.2% of leagues, which seems absolutely insane because he's averaged 10.7 points. Yeah, he's positioned six. Mm -hmm. He's been having a really solid season, and and I think that he is going to go off against the Bears because the Bears can only cover so many guys, and he he's primed for at least 10 points. So if if he's available. In your league, he's the number one tight end pickup off the waiver wires from for this week. Mm -hmm. All right, next, are we going to move on to uh, defenses? I feel yes. like we have to do defenses. All right, all right. We just have one, and that's the Dolphins. Yes, who are they're, now they're rostered in eighty-eight percent of leagues. But I mean, still. All right, but we just love the Dolphins. Um, who else could? Some, I mean, defense a is a very interesting thing to look at a uh, waiver wire pickup because there's only there's so few. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's really something you have to think about. Very something that you could possibly take a look at is the Bengals defense, who are rostered in five point three in five point three percent of leagues. They're playing the Giants, who aren't a good team. And I mean, I don't love this pickup, but if you are completely desperate this may be your best choice. Yeah, another one is uh, the Broncos defense, only rostered in 27.2% of leagues, yet are position rank 16. Uh, they're playing the Saints this week, so not a favorable matchup. But, I mean, they scored uh, 13 last week against the, um, the explosive Dolphins offense. Mm -hmm. All right. Now we are going to move on to... Kickers! Kickers, who are the unsung heroes of everything. I think it's football. So a guy who I think could have a good game is Cody Parkey of the Browns. He's rostered in 0.7% of leagues. And again, this is fully matchup. Cody dependent. Parkey, who I actually drafted this year. Yeah. But then cut almost immediately. But no, he's getting better. So. Mm -hmm. But uh, he is playing the Jaguars, who are not a good team. And, and the Browns are bound to score a good amount, so he's going to have a good amount of opportunities to put up some good points if you're in a pinch for a kicker, which hopefully yeah. you aren't. I think this has the potential to be our number one uh, waiver wire pickup for kickers of the week. Tyler Bass of the Buffalo Bills, he's positioned ranked 9, yet only rostered in 17.4% of leagues. He actually made NFL history last week. Uh, he's only the second kicker in NFL history uh, um, behind Justin Tucker uh, to score 350-plus uh, field goals in the first half of the game. He hit from 54, 55, and 58, plus all three of his extra points. He's 22 for 28 uh, field goals and 31 of 32 for extra points. And on a really, really dynamic Bills offense, this is a great pickup. Only rostered in 17.4% of leagues. That is a great pickup. So since the trade deadline has passed, there's, in, in most leagues at least, there's really only so much that, that we can say about fantasy football so that's all, all yeah. that we've got to say all right 
All right, so, so a uh, bunch of new segments today. It is our first football history segment. Yes, I love NFL history, and this I'm is so Evan's excited that we're going to be able to get into this. This is Evan's thing, so trust his opinions a lot more than mine. But All right, so um, our segment today is top our top 10 receivers of all time. So I'll go first with number 10. So I, this isn't a flashy pick, but it's Tim Brown. He's a Hall of Famer. He... He's in the top 10 all-time in receptions, receiving yards, and re receiving touchdowns, which, I mean, that's, that's not bad. And he also made his first Pro Bowl in 1988 and his last in 2001. He was the model of consistency for basically all of the 90s, and he was, he was the most consistent receiver throughout the entire decade, so I think he's definitely worthy of spot in the top 10. All right, not my top 10. Uh, an overlooked player nowadays, Steve Smith Sr. Uh, he is not a Hall of Famer, but he will be eligible in, 2000, in uh, 2022. Uh, he has over 1,400 career receiving yards with 81 touchdowns. He is a four-time pro bowler, uh, two-time first-team all-pro, and a uh, just a scary receiver to go up against. He was small, but he was nasty, and he could—he—he he really could go toe to toe with anybody in the league. All right, on to my number nine. I've got another not so flashy pick in Don Hudson, who he played from 1935 to 1945, but he was an all in an all pro first team selection nine years. First team all pro. First team all. I can't talk <laughs> all today apparently. All all team <laughs> all right uh, but he he was he was uh first team all pro is that right yes eight times nine times actually oh sorry yeah he, he, he was just by far the best wide receiver of his generation and and he put up some decent stats around 800 yards per season in in a very run heavy league so had he played today he would have greatly excelled. Yeah, so my number nine is uh, Bob Hayes, another player during the run-heavy era. Uh, bullet Bob Hayes, actually the reason zone defense wasn't uh, created because nobody could match up with him man-to-man. -man. He was just too fast. Uh, he was actually clocked at the 60-yard dash at 5.28 seconds, which is otherworldly speed. Um, he went over... Uh, uh, he only... He was a three-time, sorry, four-time Pro Bowler, two-team first-team, two-time first-team All-Pro, uh, and he was, I mean, he was, nobody could match Bullet Bob Hayes in coverage. He was unstoppable, and this is during the run-heavy era. All right. Moving on to my number eight, I have a debatable pick having him this low, but I've got Steve Largen, who <laughs> I don't think Evan likes that very much, but I think as a slot receiver, you, you can only be ranked so high. <laughs> like, Evan is not happy with me. If you could see his face, he, he, it, it's not happy. He is a seven-time Pro Bowler, and he's probably the best player in Seahawks history, and he he has the record of receiving touchdowns at the time of, of his retirement, but I'm just not sure. He, he wasn't, like, freakishly athletic. He... He, 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 was, he was talented at football, 
And, and that's why he, he's a, no doubt a top 10 wide receiver of all time. Evan is steaming. There is My grandfather would be spinning in his urn if you could hear what you're saying, right? Oh boy, this is not making me happy. I just happy. think he's a little bit overrated. And, and, and the only reason we consider him one of the best wide receivers of all time, like in the top five, is because he's by far the best slot receiver of all time. But that doesn't mean he's the best. Yeah, so my number eight, I'm not happy right now, mm. is uh, Marvin Harrison at the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he and Reggie Lane were really a dynamic duo, but I think Marvin Harrison was the leader of that group. He and Panton Manning had impeccable co connection skills. He went over 1,500 uh, receiving yards three times in uh, 1999, 2001, and 2002. He is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight-time consecutive pro bowler and a three-time first-team All-Pro. To make the Pro Bowl eight years in a row, that, that's really incredible. Uh, I mean, he was just, he and Peyton Manning were really unstoppable. Mm -hmm. So I um, I have him as my number seven, which is, which is what we're moving on to now. But, I mean, he was a, he, he was a great wide receiver. I, I think that Evan said a lot, and he gets discredited a lot for having most of his time being with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time in Peyton Manning, but you can make the argument that that Manning was only as good as he was because of Marvin Harrison, like... And Reggie Lane. People forget about Reggie Lane also. Mainly Marvin Harrison. Yes, mainly Marvin and, Like, And just watch the tape of him. He, he's just so freakishly talented, and I think he's definitely deserving of a spot at number seven. Yeah, so my number seven is uh, Chris Carter of the Minnesota Vikings. Gets looked over a lot because of who he played with, the, uh, the great Randy Moss. But Chris Carter had a nose for the end zone. He's ranked actually fourth all time in receiving touchdowns. He has 130 receiving touchdowns. He led the league in touchdowns uh, from, with 17 in 1995. 17 uh, touchdowns. And he went over a thousand yards eight straight times, and uh, he scored double-digit touchdowns, <laughs> touchdowns five times during that span. Um, yeah, I mean, if one-handed catching was a, a recorded stat, he would definitely lead the league. He was just insane. All right. Also, people forgot that he played for also the Eagles and the Dolphins. All right. Moving on to. To number six, I've got yet another debatable pick in Michael Urban, who, I mean, as an Eagles fan, I hate him. I, I hate him, but he there's no denying how good he was. The Cowboys team was one of the best that we've ever seen in, in the early 90s, as much as I hate to say it, they were. And he was probably the best player on that team. And I don't think I don't like that either. But Michael Irvin, again, the eye test. He's so freakishly talented, and he he's one of the the all-time greats, probably. And I just think that because most people don't like the Cowboys, he's he's ranked too low on on a lot of lists. But that stops now, and he is my number six. Yeah, so my number six is a Larry Fitzgerald. Ooh. I believe our only current player on this list. Yeah. Uh, he of the Arizona Cardinals. Wow. I mean, 
Larry had sticky hands. Uh, he was a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 time Pro Bowler. I couldn't have figured that out before you got on mic. <laughs> 11 time Pro Bowler and one time first team All Pro. I believe. Yeah, wow. That's just incredible. Now, he didn't put up insane stats. His highest career uh, receiving uh, yards is uh, 1,431. He actually went over 1,400 three times, though. But he was so consistent and such a reliable target. Fun fact, he actually has more tackles than he has drops. Wow. He has 40 tackles and I believe only 25 career drops. That is an amazing stat, and that is why he is my number five. He is the model of consistency. Like, you will never, ever find a wide receiver again who is as consistent for as many years as, as Larry Fitzgerald has. Like, he's also he, a great person. He, yes, he is. He, he, he's, he's not too shabby of a person. His first 1,000 yard yeah, he, He's actually won the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. Mm -hmm. His, his first 1,000 yards receiving year is in 2005. His last is in, is in 2017. That's a 12-year difference. That's, that's just insane. Yeah, and... How um, he was able to do that. And he uh, recently uh, slid into the number two all-time receiving yard spot with 17,000 receiving yards. Congratulations to him. Yeah, so my number five is uh, Mr. Terrell Owens. Uh, he is... He's definitely what you would call a flashy pick. Um, he was quite a, he was quite a character, but people forget that he was actually really good, a really good uh, football player. I mean, also if you talk you're talking about physical specimens, that that um, that driveway workout says it all. Uh, he was, I mean, it, it's really a snub that he wasn't elected to the Hall of Fame in his first year of eligibility. Um, but he was not classy, but he delivered. He's third all-time in receiving yards and receiving touchdowns, and he was a five-time first-team All-Pro. And uh, he's, he saw good success for three teams. I mean, he was really great. All right. I have Terrell Owens as my number four. Evan keeps on stealing my guys. I hate it. He, he, he always does this to me. But, um, yes, it, it's obviously a sin that Owens wasn't elected into the Hall of Fame the first year on on the ballot, but basically all that I have to say about him is he played a Super Bowl on a broken leg, and it's not like he played bad either. He was probably the best player out there. I mean, and that Packers catch, out. that Packers catch says it all in the, I believe, NFC Championship game. Fourth and 21. What what an amazing play, and he- He was not having a good game, man. No, he, he's just a phenomenal player, and I, I, I think it's, it's also a sin to have him outside the top five of any top wide receivers list. Yeah, so my next one is uh, Calvin Johnson. You always steal my picks. Yes. Stop it. Calvin Johnson he's, he's only my number two career playoff games, and he has, he did not have a long career. Not at all. Eight years. Thanks, Lions. Yeah, thanks a lot, Lions. But oh my, oh my, did he make the most of those eight years. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro. In his first-team All-Pro years, he had 1,681 uh, 1, receiving yards, 1,964 receiving yards, 1,492 receiving yards. What a physical specimen. Do yourself a favor and watch the highlights from his, I believe, 396-yard game. Wow. I mean, just... He, 
his ability to just go up and get the ball is just, he's insane. Also, people forget about his speed. He was so Stop fast. talking. Stop <laughs> talking. I have to say something about him. He, he's my favorite player to watch on tape. He, he, he's my number three. And so Megatron, he's just freakishly good. I believe that he is the most naturally gifted player. To, to ever play the sport of football. like <laughs> I disagree, but we'll get to that there, later. There was nobody who is, who's able to stop him. Like, put three guys on him, he's, he's still taller. Put, put the fastest guy on him, he's taller. Put the tallest guy on him, he's faster. Like, there's absolutely nothing that you could do about Calvin Johnson, and had it not been for the Lions, he, he may be the greatest player of all time. And he, he would have still been playing. Mm-hmm. All right, my number three. Uh, big jump here, but I actually have Steve Largent here. Don't like that. Uh, he actually inspired my number 10, uh, Steve Smith Sr., because of uh, the what he likes to call the 25-yard comeback. Uh, Steve Largent uh, had the crispiest routes in NFL history. No, He was uncoverable. He wasn't a physical player. He wasn't a physical specimen like a Calvin Johnson or Bo Jackson. But, I mean... What and he wasn't he now I'm not gonna say he's not he wasn't a hard worker but he was no Jerry Rice. But what he his route running, oh my oh my and he did not drop he did not drop any balls either, and he just he was always open he was always open he always found a way that's why I have him at my number three. All right, that, wow nope, don't like that. But moving on to to number two I've got Randy Moss who is also freakishly talented. Freakishly talented, I can't talk today. He is a, he's a four-time All-Pro, he is a six-time Pro Bowler, and he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. There, there was one year where he had 23 touchdown receptions. That is just absolutely ridiculous. Insane. The Vikings had something called the Randy Ratio, which is they had to give Randy Moss at least 10 targets every single game, which, well, that's not a great strategy. That it works. says how dominant Randy Moss was. Yeah, so I also have him at my number two. Now, I think he's the most um, physically gifted player to ever play mm -hmm. in the NFL. Now, he was two inches shorter than Calvin Johnson, but he ran a 4 2 5 He was four. one inch shorter. He was 6'4". Oh, I, sorry. I keep thinking Calvin Johnson was 6'6". Six, six. Yeah. Uh, he, he plays like he's... Benjamin he, you're talking he, about. He plays like he's 6'8", though. So Randy Moss, uh, I mean, it's a there's a reason that move that he has is called the Moss. You Moss somebody. I mean, no, he was just as uncomfortable as Calvin Johnson, and while he didn't have his, I mean, his, his catches were spectacular, and he was so fast. As he was, as in that um, famous training camp segment, he says, "I'm the freak. I'm the freak." All right. At number one, I have Jerry Rice. I mean, the, you can't put not put no. him here. I mean, I guess Randy Moss is the only guy who, who has a case, but he he has 197 touchdown receptions. Uh, he has 22,895. We'll Actually, he has 208 touchdowns. 208. Sorry, I'm. Oh, yep. With with the rushing touchdowns, that it's my bad. I, I was just looking at receiving, but he was just absolutely. Ridiculous. He made his first Pro Bowl in 1986, his last in 2002. He was consistent, and he put up gaudy numbers every single year. There's nobody else who's better than him. Nobody. He is the he is the 
I mean, besides Tom Brady, he's the greatest player of all time. I mean, he was nobody worked harder than Jerry Rice, and nobody will work harder. Than, nobody will ever work as hard as Jerry Rice. He just ran mountains in his free time to you know get faster and get stronger. And I mean, longevity also. He he played when he was 42. I mean, come on. He the, he was the model of consistency in the league. All right, that is going to do it for our football history segment. All right.